guys, welcome back to another episode of What the Tech Am I Doing? So last episode we launched was Investing 101, and that covered the basics. And so today we're diving in a little deeper on different investing strategies um, and things that you can actually utilize to look into how you want to invest in the stock market and different avenues. So I have my friends Anthony and Marissa on um, who have different strategies than myself and different strategies than each other but are two people I admire in that sense. So we're all just going to talk about, have some questions lined up, and then we'll talk about different ways that we go about it. And hopefully you guys can take some things out of it. Um, I will add the caveat that these are just things that work for each of us in our own right and our own risk profiles. Thanks for having us, Dally. My name is Anthony. I've been investing for about six years now. Um, Yeah, excited to talk to folks today. Thanks. And what about you, Marissa? Yeah. Hi, I'm Marissa. I have been investing for maybe five years as well, kind of on and off. My purpose in life is dancing and having fun and making connections and experiences. I love that. Anthony, now that she said it, what's your purpose in life? The number 42. 42? <laughs> <laughs> Deep. Now you have to elaborate. You... Oh, it's the meaning of life. <laughs> Why is 42 the meaning of life? Because it's a movie reference. You just have to. Remember. Oh, that for the movie 42. <laughs> uh, I think it's the. What's it called? The Star Trekkers Guide to the Galaxy or whatever. Oh, you lost me. Yeah. <laughs> the people who know will know. Okay. All right. I respect it. Gotta be part of the okay. boys club. The boys club. What's my. I like to help people, purpose, improve quality of life, hence podcast. I also like talking to people. Hence you two. Um, okay, so you guys have been investing for a, five to six years, I think you said. So what got you started in investing? Like, what was the, you know, you're like, all right, I'm doing this. I'm opening an account. Yeah, I think I got started with, like, crypto stuff. Um, it was kind of like the hot thing while we were in college and it had a pretty like relatively low barrier to entry and you didn't need to like know much to set up your account. So I think that was like what piqued my interest and a lot of the same (laughs) learnings balance between crypto and the stock market to some degree. Uh, and then post-college I started trading stocks once I had like some disposable income through work. Uh, yeah. Makes sense. I feel like crypto is the one that I, I always knew or no, I'm like, oh, I should really do something about that. And it always makes me nervous, so I never do it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Marissa? Uh, I mean, I guess technically my dad opened up a joint account when I was a kid. But as soon as he gave it to me, I sold it all. I didn't understand. <laughs> um, but I really started caring when I got my first job. And all of a sudden I had all this money I didn't know what to do with. So my roommate at the time was super into retiring early and doing the right thing with all this disposable income. So I just kind of like tagged along and sat down and he would whiteboard things and I would log into my accounts and he'd tell me what to click and it was great. (laughs) You're like, I can do this. That's awesome. Mine was similar. I feel like once you start getting, you're like, oh, I'm not just spending everything I make. I, uh, that's when I, I mean, I mean, my dad has been investing and he's been for, I mean, there's four of us and he's like, you guys should really do this. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, well, I had one internship, but I was in New Hampshire and I made like pennies. Um, but then my second internship right before I graduated um, was at the company I'm working at now. And I think I ended the summer with like $5,000 in my bank account. I was like, dad, what am I going to do with all this extra money? I'm like, I'm like, do you need to borrow money? Cause I have a lot of money. And he was like, sit down. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was like, you need it. He's like, all right, open an account. And he, my first, um, he was like, buy a f- couple shares of triple Q, 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 Q. And it's like the tech, um, one. And then I was like, okay. And then I don't remember how much it went up, but it went up like a, a certain amount that I was like, I, I'm going to sell it all. And he was like, okay. And I sold it. And it since is like 
five times that and i'm like why did you have me sell it and he's like you were really excited he's like i wasn't gonna stop you i was like what kind of he's like you gotta learn your lessons yeah. like, okay sure um so that was my my first i was like i made so much money and then it just kept going up and i was like ah, damn it. Um, i could have made more money <laughs> yeah if that's not like everything within stocks i don't know what is yeah exactly <laughs> Okay, so Anthony, you do crypto and and then stocks. Um, Marissa, do you do crypto and stocks or just stocks or what? Um, just stocks. Honestly, kind of just one type of index fund, period. <laughs> well, compared to Anthony's approach. <laughs> okay, we'll start with yours then, because I think yours is um, interesting. Because I feel like when we discussed, I was like, Oh, that's so smart. It's like way less mental effort in terms of like stress level. You're just like, I will consistently do this and I will consistently. Yeah. Which I love. So share that a little, (laughs) share, share your strategy a little. Totally. So my investment approach is very low touch. My goal is just to have a great nest egg for retirement. (laughs) So, um, of course, this is after doing all the obligatory fill your 401k and other mm-hmm. uh, free tax investment buckets, which maybe we can talk about later. Um, right. When I had more money left over that I needed to put somewhere, my super smart roommate who taught me all about investing, it took like three or four years to actually like understand all of it, but I get it now. Um, he recommended checking out the JL Collins stock series, which is just a cool blog. You can read it for free. I just read like the first seven chapters. To be honest, I didn't make it through the whole thing. <laughs> and um, pretty much the stock series was just explaining like, hey, look, stocks outperform on the lo- in the long run uh, the majority of the time. So if you want to go really heavily into stocks early on, it will pay off later. So in the blog post, he recommended the VT Sachs um, Vanguard Total Stock Market Fund. There are other lookalikes if you don't have Vanguard. And I just keep putting money in there forever. And then I just don't look at it ever. And hopefully in like 20 or 30 years when I'm ready to start pulling money out of there, it will be huge. At least according to the blog post and all the math in it, that's how it should work. It seems like a legit strategy. It's, I mean, if you look at, I think after we talked, I was like, wait a second and I looked at all of the a ton of different ones to try and figure out like a ton of just those common mutual fund ones and all of it like you you zoom out and look at the 10-year growth of almost every single one of them that I looked at it's like oh yeah that's that's an upward linear trend you know (laughs) (laughs) I'm like um, I can read a graph and and that one looks promising yeah um but yeah Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to s- kind of dive into that more. So go into what you were going to say. Yeah. So the the goal for this like low touch fund is to, like find a fund that spans a lot of um, that's diverse. Don't just pick one stock. So I picked an index fund that was many, many stocks. In fact, I think it is all the publicly traded stocks in the United States. And um, ideally, the fund is not managed by a person because that adds more fees and in the long run it really matters how much you have to pay for this investment mix so that's why vt Sachs was like a good bet because they have really low rates yeah no that's a really good point so a couple things in order to do that strategy but first i'm going to touch on what you had basically said where i think after my strategy is a little all over the place i just have like a very broad portfolio um but I notice I go in waves of like how much I want to care and so there was a wave where I just like did not want to put in the effort but I was doing a good job saving which we'll touch on that in a second but doing a good job saving and so I was like well this money's kind of just sitting here so then that's where I was talking to Marissa and I was like oh that's a very like low like time energy um effort and so that I was able to just put money in and I think I just looked at so you do Vanguard for me I called up I do Charles Schwab and I'm able to call them up for free and just said hey 
what are my options to do this that do not have fees associated with them? Like I looked up on my own, I was like, okay, I think these five or however many, but I don't understand the fees. And they were like, oh, this is the one that would give you no fees because and it, it was a Schwab one. It's like SWPPX, I think. Um, and just because I had the Schwab, there was no fees associated. So that's an easy way to go. Whatever you're investing with, just figure out. Because typically, if you're with Vanguard, you have, you know, they won't give you fees. If you're a Schwab, they won't give you fees. So likewise, just figure out which one's the common one and then they, which one's going to get you the least amount of fees. Because if it's a, if they're taking a percentage of your cut, that's just a percentage that you're not going to have, you know? Yeah, that is such a good point. And then the other one is like, also don't react to the market and just sit tight. That's kind of crucial if you're going to play the Fox game. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because I mean, what I'll do, and one of my friends, he does this as well, where, and similar to what you're doing, it's like, I just set aside this amount of my paycheck and every month I just dump it in. And it's like, it's, especially if you get used to that, I feel like you don't, you get used to not having that versus I feel like if you're used to spending, you're like, oh, I have my whole paycheck, might as well just live this lavish life. Um, then it <laughs> feels weird when you start taking it out. So you're like, where'd all my money go? Um, although if people want to live a lavish life, to each their own. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to stop you. This is just how I live my life. <laughs> yeah. Anthony has a very different approach. More high <laughs> we'll, we'll get to him. Yeah. We'll get I to mean, you in a minute. It's one of those same principles though, of like my, all the 401k stuff gets maxed out first and then this is play yes. money. That is, I remember when I first started my 401k and I don't know how you guys are, but my dad was like, max out and i was like but dad it's so much money it's like what that's not like i'm not gonna see and he's like just trust me max out and now i mean if you're taking out of like your first paycheck it's again you get used to okay i and there's different max out like i think some people consider max out like company max like our company is like three or six percent and so they'll do that versus um like government max out like what you can actually do is like 25% or up to, I think it's 19,500. And so I'll do like max out, max out, like can't put any more in. And then now, I mean, you get raises every year. And then now I'm like, oh, it my money is growing, but I'm already putting as much as I can in there. So I don't feel like you just can't put any more in. And then I feel better because I get more in my paycheck. Do you guys do the max out, max out, or are you needing company percent matches? Uh, max out, max out. Okay. Every dollar that it can go in there, I put it in there. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. And it worked. I mean, I look back and I'm like, okay, that's definitely more money than I put in. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it works out. And then over time, it's like as interest compounds, obviously, it just gets really, really big. Yeah. Oh, Okay. We're going to hop on this one and then we'll go to talk about Anthony's. But um, so for 401k strategy, mine has always been, I mean, we have an allotted amount or different um, funds that we can do. And I just have looked at, okay, the percent of the one year, the percent of the five year and the percent of the 10 year, like growth percentage, and then just choose mine based on the one that's the most and most consistent, like highest percent and most consistent, like always positive. Um, do you guys do something different? Are you talking about your investment mix in your 401k? Yeah. And then I, yeah, I do a mix of them. I don't just choose one. I'll like, I think I range from 10 to 20% across however many that calculates to a hundred. Yeah. I think mine. So I use Merrill Lynch for my 401k and they have like a risk tolerance profile they built for you. Mm. Basically I have my risk maxed out. So, yeah. <laughs> and it basically just break down like that. Um, yeah. So it ends up like being basically being, I think it's like 95% stocks and like the other 5% is like bonds or something like that. Um, yeah. And I, I think I like that strategy while we're young and not necessarily like worried about a big drop in the market because I think time has shown that the market just tends to recover and you're going to be better off if you just let it sit there anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, what Marissa was saying of just like, just, you know, the day-to-day stuff doesn't necessarily matter if you're 
in your, you know, 10 plus years from retirement. I mean, we're in our like mid twenties, but um, obviously if you're close to retirement, that strategy definitely changes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I also am 100% stocks. I know the default was like retire when you're 60. And I was yeah. like, I don't want to retire when I'm 60. I want to retire <laughs> in like 10 years or less. <laughs> Uh, so I changed that to super aggressive as well. Nice. Okay. All right. So then, um, on Anthony, what's your investment strategy outside of your 401k then? Yeah. So I like to trade earnings. Uh, so if you don't know what earnings are like every week, companies report out like how they've done for the quarter. Um, and it's being that there are earnings reports every week because everyone's fiscal cycle is a little bit different. Um, so through that, basically like super short-term investment, so I won't hold a stock for more than a couple of days typically. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, growth I've seen there, I think on average, something like 15, 20% a month. Um, but kind of like what you said, Dally, it's super time-consuming to do that. So I'm not very consistent mm-hmm. in trading week over week, just because like I still have my own job and like hobbies like to do. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's fair. And then for that one, you do have to pay attention because when you pull out, you get taxed on it, right? So how do you just have to keep in mind? Is that what you do? Just keep in mind like, oh, I mean, you're if you're making money, it's better to make money and get taxed on it than not make money. Yeah, so um, you get taxed on earnings and it just gets taxed as your normal income. Okay. Uh, so like I just did my taxes recently and <laughs> you just need to report uh that and then you just pay it wait so if i understand correctly are you saying that every time a company announces their earnings you're pretty much making a trade off of that event right so let's say like so they give you a date as to when they're going to announce so let's say like a bunch something to announce their earnings on march 15th tomorrow um you could buy stocks either today or early in the market tomorrow. And then once they announce, their stock is typically going to move in one direction or the other. And that's where the opportunity is. Prior to the announcement. Uh, yeah. Or if you, I mean, you could, so that's kind of an interesting point in terms of like actual strategy. Um, the stock will move prior to the announcement based on like what the market thinks the stock is going to perform at. So you can sell before the announcement if everyone thinks it's doing really, really well. Um, and and then not have to like actually take into account how they actually do. Just, <laughs> you can only trade on the, the hype of it. Mm. But you'll take it through after the announcement. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Uh, yeah. it, it, that's like a case by case kind of thing. Um, yeah. I found that you can kind of see, you'll see a bigger price move after the announcement. But you can be a little bit more conservative and sell before. Fair. How do you, because I know like Yahoo Finance, if you have the app, I'm sure there's plenty of other apps, but it gives you a report out for every, all the earnings calls that are going to happen and announcements for the week. So you can go on and look at that. How then do you decide which ones you're going to play with? (laughs) Typically, I like to focus on companies that I think I've either at least heard of or yeah, I mean, that's kind of really it. Like, I like to have some knowledge about the company or at least like the industry that that company's in Fair. Um, to like base my judgment off of. And then usually, so it's, let's say there's like 100 companies announcing during a week. I'll pick like seven on like mm-hmm. the Sunday prior and spend a couple hours doing research on ah, each one. Okay. And then from there, like make a, a choice as to like whether or not I'm going to buy shares or not. Fair, because then you'll know uh, you can look into hey are they bringing anything that they you know talking about anything for the next quarter or stuff like that or yeah like, exactly are those the type of things you consider when you yeah. do your research so like what are like i guess one part is like how did they perform the last quarter what's coming in the upcoming quarters uh and like yeah any like new products or like releases that people should be aware of or could be game changing hmm, interesting have you ever on that, and this is going to be a question for both of you, but we'll start with like, what is your biggest 
investment mistake when it's come to doing that? Or in general, if you didn't have like a huge one with that? Yeah, I guess like in general, it's probably just like selling too early. It's kind of something we like, we were just mm-hmm. touching on. Um, but like, it's hard, hard to really call it a mistake. But like it, it sometimes when you see the stock go up, oh yeah, like oh let's just count it now. <laughs> let's like let's hedge the risk and, and just get out while you're ahead. Yeah, and then you see it get up fur- further, and like you have that like feeling of FOMO, obviously. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's kind of the biggest mistake. And then I guess occasionally, like, holding on to a stock for too long. Um, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, it's going down and it just keeps going down, and you, like, want it to recover so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I just hope that it'll, like, keep going. Like, oh, it definitely passed its peak. Yeah, especially in my case, like, where I'm not really interested in holding on to something for, like, more than a couple weeks. Uh, so like I'm not even I don't really like, give it an opportunity to recover if it's going to mm, yeah that's fair you're just like okay that's enough yeah. <laughs> um Marissa do you have any investing mistakes um yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean mine's pretty um like I'm not making a lot of cells just putting more and more money in. I did try Anthony's approach and like invested in Rite Aid <laughs> and I kept holding on to it. And I think Rite Aid's still going down. So I'm just like, <laughs> I, <laughs> but that wasn't a lot of money, thankfully, because I was just trying it for fun. Yeah, and I wanted to right. be like Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, my mistake was trying to be like Anthony. Yeah, I was trying to get more faster returns which That's is funny. not my game is a long-term game it's not a short-term one plus i don't yeah. i don't remember to check like i think there was another one i tried to do but like forgot about it so the announcement mm-hmm. came and went and i was off like dancing or doing sports and yeah. it's the window That's fair. yeah for mine it's a mix of both of yours, I guess. And then, well, not necessarily Anthony's. I don't do the earnings, although I've looked into it. Um, but I feel like it's like half and looking into companies, half, a, well, I guess that those proportions don't add up, a mix of ETFs. I, for a hot minute, I was doing some day trades, which was a grand old time. Um, <laughs> but I was way too uh, risk adverse to like actually put more money into it um so I'd put like I'd be like okay this is my play money and then I'd put it in and then I'd make like a hundred bucks on the day I'd be like whoo and I'm like you like and I would consistently do this and I'd be like logically you know if you put in more money you could get more back (laughs) and and then I'd try and put in like a little more money and then all day I'd just be thinking about it and stressing out I'm like is it time to sell is it time to sell and I was like this isn't good for my mental health um so then I stopped and I moved to mutual funds and so I found that one that I, I think mine's too like all the stocks in the U.S. just compiled and I think do you know what the growth consistently is marissa i want to say it's like a consistent like 10 percent or something i can't someone could look at the graph yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure for v2 sacks it's supposed to be 1.8 percent dividends per year but i don't know what that what the growth is total true dividends is another good one i never focused on those but recently especially as the market hasn't been doing as well for some of my stocks um, I've been like, dividends, why did I not do this more? So I've like, been, it's been nice to unknowingly realize that I have been doing some of my, I think my mutual fund does um, dividends as well. And that one's like bonus on both sides. Cause it's, you know, I can just, when I don't feel like putting myself through stress, I just dump money in there. Then I know it's, you know, long-term will consistently go up and then I get some dividends And then I'll do some companies where I, especially when they drop low, like if there's a reason it drops low and it's just people being uneasy about something or the environment or COVID, um, but I know it's going to come back up, then I'll invest in certain things. Um, Like I feel like airlines was like a big one like that, where it, it dropped and had a crazy low 
and I, I bought in for a couple and then once travel picked up, it like started going up and then you can sell. Um, but then COVID came back and it dropped again. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones I do. The day trading was fun. So there's some that at least this one, it's like QQQ, which is one that like the tech, um, ETF. And then it has T triple Q, which is, it's just like triple Q, but it moves three times more. Like it's three times more volatile, which is quite an interesting game. <laughs> um, and so if it goes down, this T triple Q goes down like three times more, but if it goes up, it goes three times more. So that's the one I would have fun day trading. Um, but I would just have to be comfortable with if it went down, I would just leave my money in there and then not look at it until I'd check back later. I'd put like an alert in my phone when it started to come back up. Um, so it wouldn't stress me out. And then I'd like to start playing the game again. Um, but I haven't done that in a long time. Um, yeah. Quick, quick question. So when you and Anthony are doing like multiple trades per week, does that make your taxes harder? No, but you do have to, there's rules. So if you do more than three trades, per week like if you buy and sell um i want to say it's within the same day um i have to look into the rules but i think if it's if you buy and sell within the same day within three times within like five calendar days or something like that you get noted as a day trader and being a day trader has rules to follow and you have to have a certain amount of money in your account you have to have, um, like you can't, which I never do, but you basically have to have the money that you're, you know, b buying shares with. Um, I, I don't even know how you don't have the money to buy shares with. I'm sure there's a way to do it, but that's something you have to consider. Um, but you don't get taxed. Well, if you keep a, sh if you buy a share and then keep it for over two years, then you have tax benefits, but anything under two years, I believe, is the same taxing, whether it's like you sell it within the day or you sell it within like a year later. Um, but you get the tax benefits after two years, I believe, of holding a stock. I think it's just a year. A year? Yeah. Maybe it's less. All right. So we get taxed more. This yeah. sounds like way too much to remember. I rather my low touch approach. So... You're right. Maybe I complicated. When you get flagged as a pattern day trader, you need to have at least 25k in your account. Um, and then the other thing you're talking about, it's called your margin equity. Oh, thanks. So basically, what you can do, and this is very high risk, is like you can buy stocks with margin, which basically means like you're getting a loan from your brokerage firm to buy shares. Um, but that does mean that you're trading with someone else's money that you do need to pay back. Mm -hmm. Um. And obviously, they, they want to make sure that you have that capital, so they require you some sort of minimum. Good to know. Yeah. I feel like Anthony knows the official version. I just know, like, what I needed to watch out for. <laughs> yeah. And tax-wise, I mean, you just pay income tax. Like, whatever your normal tax bracket is, that's what you pay. And they just give you a form that you throw in, so it's not, like, super complicated. But do you have to, like, populate every single trade you made, like, by hand? I think at a, I mean, yeah, kind of. So if you make a hundred trades, you're copying and pasting at least a hundred times. No, it's not that bad. If there's like a, it, I feel I like they the give you a form, form right? Yeah, and like they've so, already populated for you. Oh, good, Marissa. I'll let you know after I do my taxes. This, year. <laughs> 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 this is this is the first. Last year was the first year I did it, and I need to do my taxes within the next month, so I'll keep you posted. All but right. I did get a form from Schwab yeah, exactly. and they were like, here's your, use this for your taxes. So it can't be that difficult. I feel like I just would input the totals. Yeah. Unclear though, but I'm pretty sure you would just input the totals, but haven't done it yet. So keep you posted. Let you know. <laughs> um, Anthony, have you ever messed around with like calls and calls and puts? Is it? Um, Yes and no. Like I, I have.
played with them to understand them. I don't typically do it very often. Um, it's just a, a you just can leverage your capital further, um, and you can bet on a stock going down, which you can't mm. do if you're just buying a share of it, which is nice. Fair. Oh, that's interesting. So puts are like, if you buy puts, you're basically giving someone else the shares at the current price, and they need to pay you back regardless of what the stock does. Mm. So, like, if the stock goes down, they give you all your shares back, or they've paid you for all these shares, but they're worth less than what you need to pay for them. So you make money. Oh. Hmm. I wonder if I should look at that one since my stocks aren't doing well. Yeah. And then once you like get into that world, there's like there's lots of ways to like hedge your investments so that you're not taking on as much risk, um, which becomes more important when you're doing calls because the you end up you have a lot more shares to play with. What do you mean hedge them so you don't take as much risk? Um, so typically, like if you buy a call, you'll buy a put that's of lesser value. So like if in case the stock does go in the other way, you can minimize your losses. Oh, I see. So, like, even though you've lost money on your call, you made money on your put, and then the difference between the oh, two is how much you lost. That's as opposed to just losing all of it. That would require a lot of effort. Yeah. <laughs> but I um, like this. It's interesting. So, you know, one day when I'm, like, retired and have all the time in the world, maybe I'll do that. Or I feel like I get bored sometimes and just want to mess around. Yeah. Hey. I hope when you're retired, you're not working on making more money. <laughs> Although, I always wonder, like, when I'm retired, will I just want... I feel like I'm... I, like, have this weird need to be productive. And, like, we could dive into, like, the therapy I need for it. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I feel like I just need to feel productive sometimes. And it could be, like worthless stuff like the output could be non-existent but if in my mind i've convinced myself this is a productive activity um i'll be like wow what a great day and so i wonder if one day when i'm retired i'll need random spouts of productivity and then why not make them like beneficial you know yeah totally i think i definitely agree i feel like there's that feeling like you always want to get better right marissa when you retire you're just like not gonna work at all you're just gonna like I feel like you're such a free spirit. So I feel like you could, <laughs> you could just like, you just be like, oh, why, why would you need to do that? Aren't you just living uh, life happy? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I actually can retire right now. Um, so. And you're working. <laughs> and I'm working. But, but here's the thing. I am working on something I love and I work oh. in a way that makes it not feel like work usually how so what does that mean for you uh what which thing <laughs> working in a way that doesn't oh, feel like work doing whatever i want so <laughs> <laughs> so i like i can sleep in for as long as i want that's step one i don't use any alarm clocks and i love oh, that's it that's awesome yes um and then i've worked out a niche with my manager where i can pretty much do maybe 50% engineering and 50% whatever I want, which is usually oh, the flavor of the month. Yeah. So <laughs> it might be managing, it might be DEI stuff. It might be oh, what was recent um, talking to like partners and people in the government and explaining like, how can we help reduce your carbon emissions? Oh. Um, yeah. So it's just like, it really depends. And then I've also been, trying to figure out how much I can get done and then go play. Um, so like how much time I can get all my work done in. And I've realized that if I, this is a new uh, realization. If I don't go for promotion, I don't get more responsibilities and I get my work done faster. And then I can go like play in the sunshine longer and work less. That's fair. I feel like that's such a key like, oh, I figured out what actually makes me happy type of realization. Because I feel like until you realize, like, oh, I actually just like playing in the sunshine and I, like, money is just to, like, now you're set with money. 
You're like, do I actually want the promotion? That means more work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The money now is just like a cherry on top. I can donate it. I can spend it on experiences or I can just keep making the nest egg bigger if I need that for some reason. I love that. Yeah. I feel like we're approaching that point where our career is like where it's, do you want to keep going to like SVP director route or kind of stay in your role for the next 10, 15 years so true. and then just retire? That's so true. It it's really starts to get where you're like, okay, what do I, do I just want this? Do I like, is work a paycheck or is work like, do I want a certain, you know, whatever that may be that comes with it. Um, but it starts you, I feel like I maybe last year got to that point. I was like, what is the purpose of life and work? <laughs> like I got my last promotion, maybe like summer last year. And I was like, oh, huh, these are just going to keep coming, aren't they? Like, are <laughs> 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 asking me to do more stuff, huh? <laughs> it's just a great feeling, but you're just like, huh, I, this is different than how I envisioned this when I was in college. Yeah, I got to figure out what I actually want. Well, congrats on the promo. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Fun spot to be to to get to decide what you want to do in your future. I feel like until I got that promo, I was like, God, I gotta prove myself, gotta show people I can do a ton of work and <laughs> <laughs> work over time. And now I'm like, no, no. No, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I just you know need people to like trust my logic and my brain, and then I feel good about myself and make a purpose. But I'm like, the hours don't don't always feel good. So yeah, totally work-life balance um which i did recently i'm in a new role they're so good in that like the leadership ugh, outstanding when they come to that stuff they're like no no no. work is work like how how's everyone doing mentally like did you guys take a walk today did you meditate oh, yes! so great yeah i love them they're yeah, so good wonderful. shout out to yvonne <laughs> best boss ever <laughs> yeah it's when you find that team that you just like follow around forever like they leave to a new company you go follow them yeah oh i did it was so funny i went to when i did this move um i had to go like i obviously went and told like people in my old group and i had um a, a vp that i worked with and he was like you know you're not supposed to chase your managers right and i was like no, I actually I think this is a good decision, but thank you for the feedback. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm I'm very happy. I like this manager. Yeah, like he's a good guy. I want to chase them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I was like, I'm going with you. Um, but no, really cool group. Anyway, um, okay, I want in the end to save to t save some time to talk about savings because I feel like in order to invest, you got to have extra money. But before we do that, um, have some questions. Okay. So what would you say was your biggest investment success? Starting early. Mm, good Starting one. as soon as I had the money. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Agreed. And like, continuing with that pattern as I've moved between careers like first thing I do is set up my 401k and make sure I'm contributing true makes a big difference what would you say um, is your biggest success Dally? I feel like oddly for I mean definitely learning about it young like I'm really glad that my dad helped me learn about it because I think just having my first stock was the barrier. And then once I did that, I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. Um, so yeah, starting early and then savings. Cause I think I'm good at saving money in like a way that makes sense to me. And so I just naturally have more cash set aside that can go into those things. So it's like a combination. That's awesome. Can I change my answer? Cause you made me change it. Okay, yeah, you can change your answer. Um, so actually, I think the biggest win outside of me is actually being able to teach my friends and family mm. the investing and savings knowledge that I now have. So now in the future, like, 
I won't be the only one who's financially secure. My loved ones will be oh, too. I love that so much. Which is what you're doing now. You're spreading It's working. Knowledge. We're spreading <laughs> your knowledge and our knowledge. No, it is because a huge reason, reason why I wanted to do this is I have a decent amount of, you know, educated friends they who don't know about this but want to. And if you don't have that, like, mentor or someone who does that, that you feel com comfortable, like, asking all these questions, it can be a little, it can feel a little uncomfortable, especially, like, people don't like to talk about money a lot and, and how much money you have. And, and so I don't think people always feel comfortable about like, okay, how do I start that? And how do I grow? And, and how does that work? Um, and so it's like, oh, this shouldn't be, you know, gated. Let's just make a podcast about it. So, yeah. Yeah. But no, I had when I first, so when I first started day trading, I actually had, um, <laughs> I had a girl tell me, oh, that's, that's really awesome that you're breaking into such a male dominated field. And I'm like, how is money a male dominated field? <laughs> and I was like, okay, I need to start like, so I, that's when I started talking about it more because I was like, okay, we need to like change, change that um, and make it so it's just more common knowledge, I guess. Um, so, so this is a good way to get to that. <laughs> hmm. Okay, if you had to start over, what advice would you give yourself or someone else on that topic of sharing knowledge besides starting early? Cause we did that. Like I'm traveling back in time or I'm giving advice to someone 10 years younger than me. Ooh, if you lost all of your money and had to start over, like, oh. like if you, were, or if you were just entering the stock market right now, because right. if you lost your money, that means you did something bad. So, <laughs> uh, so, bad maybe, yeah. so maybe if you are entering the stock market right now for like the first, you're, you're opening your first account, you're, you're making your first investment. Yeah. I would say take advantage of the free money that's out there. It's like for folks that work for a corporation, you're, there's going to be some semblance of employee matching. So, yeah. like, for Visa, where I work with two to one. So, for every dollar I contribute, Visa, Visa will contribute two more dollars. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so, that's just, like, free. Like, you can yeah. max out your pre-tax so much faster that way. Um, or, like, if you have a stock purchase plan, you get a 15% discount on your company stock. Like, there's ways to make your dollar go a little bit further. So, I guess I would start there. And, like, as you start to accrue more and more uh you can find other strategies yeah that's a good one marissa saying well if i can't take that one i think my advice would be before even opening the first account kind of what you alluded to dally it it is really scary to first get into this and even like it took me four years to say oh i am an investor like, I, <laughs> I didn't realize that by putting money in my 401k that made me an investor just because I assumed, I don't know, I kind of imagine, I imagine it's more of a male dominated space as well. And I'm like, I don't fit the mold. I'm not yeah. trading. So I'm not an investor. <laughs> so true. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, I've, I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. So I just, don't be afraid to try. $10 is going to be fine if you lose it. You can start small if you want true yeah starting that would be i think similar my advice would be like step one if you you know if you can i realize that some people i, I was lucky where i didn't have like a lot of loans so i don't know if that changes things um but if you can like maxing out you know the second you get your first job put as much as you can to your 401k that's like step one um the other thing that anthony was saying like if you have any incentive plans, like we have a stock purchasing plan, we get the 15%, like you get 15% below the market value um, and you can put like up to 15% of your salary. So as, as much as my take home is technically like way lower because, you know, all as much as I can is going my 401k and other, you know, 15% of my salary is going to the stock purchasing plan. Like my, I, 
I'm still like very comfortable, you know, like what it's money that I wouldn't be doing anything with. And I just equated to that lifestyle. So that would be a big recommendation for me. And then if you can, then going and seeing if you could still invest and then starting with figure out what mutual fund you can invest in that you're not going to get a lot of fees. And then, you know, if it pays dividends and then you can start there and then, you know, you can even just like buy a single stock of something and that, you know, and see how it does. And, and there's no harm in like selling early, you know, like just be like, Oh, that was fun. Sell early. I feel comfortable. I made a quick buck. And then you can even still track it and be like, Oh, I sold way too early or, Oh, that was a good choice. And then like, you know, build your confidence from there. Totally. Yeah, totally. I guess the other thing I would add would be like, there's other opportunities for investment outside of the stock market as well. Like there's real estate, there's private equity. So true. Uh, So you can kind of like find the area that you feel comfortable in uh, and like are willing to put the time and research into it. And those are also like valid avenues. That's such a good point. Because for me, stocks is just where I feel comfortable and like, like you were saying oh i started investing in crypto and that's something where i'm like oh i know people have made good money on crypto i just don't feel comfortable and like maybe one day i'll put in the effort and look into it and or maybe one day i'll say oh you know missed opportunity or whatever but it's just like however you can grow your money that makes you happy and like improves you know it's it's all about like okay why are you doing i think the why is important as well um because that'll guide how you feel about it and why you're doing it and allow you to have a good balance on the time you're dedicating to it as well. Yeah, um, totally. Just don't keep it under your mattress. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, please, I beg of you. <laughs> um, any resources you recommend? I know, Marissa, you mentioned one. What was it? What was the one? Is JL Collins Stock Series? Exactly. Wahoo. All right. So that's one. Do you recommend any other resources? Yeah, I actually have a bunch. Um, So if you want to retire early or just see that it's possible, there is something called Financial Independence Retire Early, aka FIRE. You can look it up online and pretty much read about how you too can retire before that, (laughs) what, 30, 40 year mark that for some reason, everyone in the United States follows. Um, It also um, gives you guidance on where your money should go first. So if you look up the fire flow chart, there'll be like step one, create a budget. Step two, pay your rent, mortgage, food, groceries, basics. Step three, build a small emergency fund, which is about one month of expenses. Then you do your 401k up to the match, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, there's a whole flow chart. It's great. Uh, And then the last thing I'd recommend is looking up Mr. Money Mustache, (laughs) um, who is awesome. And if you don't want to read a bunch of blogs, there is a YouTube video titled Early Retirement in One Lesson um, or How I Retired at 30 in parentheses. And that is also an awesome philosophy, philosophy on how you can live a less expensive lifestyle and also retire super early and have just a more fruitful life in general. I love that. I'm going to go look into these. <laughs> Anthony, do you have any to add? Yeah, I guess like the, like just general knowledge, like Investopedia is like a super, it's basically the Wikipedia for investing topics. Mm-hmm. Um so they have simulators where you can learn how to trade without using any money at all um, and tons of educational resources and, and blog posts. And uh, I think they've even expanded out to like building Coursera-esque courses for Ooh. trading. Wow. Okay, I'll look into that as well. I actually don't have good resources, so I'm just going to go look into what you guys said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I feel like whenever I have questions, I'm just like, dad... And then he tells mm-hmm. me the mistakes he's made in the stock market and and how I shouldn't make those. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> glad. I'm glad you have someone you can go to for that. That's yeah. pretty awesome. So he's my resource. He's always like, if I started, because he came over from Egypt. So he's like, if someone taught me this when I was your age. <laughs> and so I'm like, 
well, I'll, you're doing that for me. I'll make sure to take care of you when you get old. <laughs> yeah, and our generation hasn't had, like, a big crash yet, really. Like, so our parents dealt with, like, the dot-com boom and bust and then, like, the housing market crash. True. And then, basically, since we've graduated, the market's pretty much only gone up. Like, you've had to, like, really screw up if you lost any money over the last 10 years. That's the interesting thing is I'm all, I've been like, dad, I'm so good at this. And he's like, just be careful. (laughs) You joined at a very favorable time. And I'm like, nonsense. I'm just an expert. He's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the first signs of that were like, so I guess like when the pandemic first started, like those couple months in March. Oh yeah. The market crash and everyone like sold everything. But like literally by the summer, it had all like gone past where it was before. True. So if you just held on to your shares, you were fine or you've made money also on that advice i do like to keep like a little bit not my i don't know it's a mix of my savings and then maybe the investing but i like to keep a a pinch of it out and then when things do drop i'm like that's when i buy um and so depending i mean i guess it depends on like how much buffer i want um but sometimes i'll do that because i do notice like if you're not, if you have the ability to not sell when it's at the bottom and you have the ability to buy more, um, theoretically, it will go back up. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Last topic, savings. Because, um, one, we're we're running out of time because um, there's been a lot of good things, but I really want to get to savings. So I'm going to allow it to just keep going anyway. Um, but I feel like savings is such a big one because I feel like if you can't, if you can save, then you can invest and then you can grow your savings and then, you know, you can, can adjust there. And I live a very different life. Like I don't necessarily need a lot of material things so I don't want to tell someone who like like thrives on their morning cup of Starbucks that like that's maybe not the most financial thing if that like genuinely makes you so happy then like it's not gonna stop you but figuring out why you're spending on certain things and if that's genuinely adding to your happiness um or like benefiting your life I think would just be like a good question to ask um because I found, I think I was, so one of my friends, I was going through and they're like, I don't know, I, I don't save that much. I'm going through so much. And I was like, okay, let's sit through together. So I was helping them and going through their finances. I'm like, what are you spending on? And they're like, I have no clue. <laughs> and if you are looking at your finances every month and you're like, I don't know, it's just out the door. Then like, I would question if it's really adding value to you. And maybe those are the areas you can look into. Um, other thing in savings I found grocery stores, kind of small, kind of actually make a difference for me who I just, I mean, food tends to be like a big, bigger budget of mine. Um, and I found in my area, there's this app called flip F L I P P. And you can find one. It shows you all the deals in your, like all the, um, grocery store deals in your area. They're newsletters whatever they're called that they release weekly and I don't like penny pinch and going into that level of detail but I will use it to figure out when I moved to this new area what grocery stores I wanted to go to that had the best like the freshest produce and the cheapest produce and I found these like random like there's a middle eastern market there's a hispanic market and they have like the cheapest produce and so good I'll get like two weeks worth of groceries for like 20 bucks Um, yeah and it's awesome and then I like if I don't have time and I'll go to a normal store I'll spend like 80 bucks I'm like why did I do this um (laughs) and so I noticed that makes a huge difference in in how my spending is plus it forces me to eat more whole foods because the the veggies fruits and like seafood or meats and stuff are so cheap at those types of places they're not everywhere um but using that app I've noticed helps me find them when it's not the typical like big chain grocery store starting off any any other savings tips that you guys have yeah i'm definitely your friends in this case where like i just spend money (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> so I force myself to save by like like direct deposit into other accounts that I will never mm. touch. Um and like basically setting up my budget like ahead of time, like this is the amount of money I'm comfortable just having go away because I'm gonna spend it on day to day stuff. Nice. And then like so with those like predefined percentages, I don't feel bad that I've spent all this money because I know that I've also saved a bunch because it went uh-huh. to the other accounts ahead of time. I like that a lot. Did how did you decide on the percentage bracketing? Um, I think I just sat down like what looked like a reasonable number for me to spend on like hmm. going out to drinks or going to dinner or like if I want a random Starbucks one morning, like what was what was the dollar amount that I thought that I didn't think was like excessive? Fair. Um and I, yeah. I like that. That might actually, I tend to be, I'll admit, um, more of a frugal person. And so I tried to budget, but I noticed it just made me like excessively frugal. And so I <laughs> had to stop doing that because I was like, this isn't like a game of how much you can save. Um, so then I had to go to just like, okay, normal amount of saving. Um, but I feel like percentages would be nice because then maybe it'd make me not feel guilty. Marissa, what about you? I know you were talking about the fire. Yeah, that's, yeah. So the whole point of fire is like, save more, spend less. Cause guess what? You really don't need to spend that much money <laughs> to survive. But I think that's also kind of a privileged point of view. It's, it's assuming that you can spend time budgeting and figuring out where your money is going and going the extra mile and time to um spend less money so to be able to spend time cooking or to be able to mend your own clothes like who has time to sew their own clothes well (laughs) the people (laughs) um who maybe don't have to juggle two or three jobs um that's a really good point yeah so i guess for me, savings is, it's investing in my health. Hmm. Um, so I do like <laughs> a lot of preventative stuff. I, I listen to my body and my mind and I do whatever is more intuitive for them. And I think this is a long haul guess that I will have less medical bills to pay in the future. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair. So I'm not really doing the daily saving. I'm doing the lifelong saving where I think I will be spending less money on dental or mm. doctor's offices or yeah, that's that's the idea. <laughs> fair. I mean, in the end, like quality of life should be you know, high up there, right? So if you can make sure that you have a good quality of life, then that's really what you're like, that's a pretty good use of my money. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Um, okay. I think that's all my questions. Also, I mean, I've been texting you, Marissa, a lot about uh, this and haven't done it, but I do want to bring you back on because you have the most like refreshing outlook on life. And I want to dive into that more. So I'm not going to ask you more questions right now, but I'm <laughs> I'm going to bring you back and talk about your outlook on like life and happiness and peace. Cause I think it's just so interesting and like soothing. It's such a peaceful conversation. <laughs> um, so st- stay tuned for that listeners. Um, yeah. I'll never get invited back. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, you are a great guest. I'm just chopped liver. <laughs> you are but before even this, I feel like I was like, Marissa needs to come on. And then I never had her on for that. And then I was like, hey, you want to talk about money? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, shows my priorities. But I knew my listeners would want to talk about money. <laughs> so, we well, that, <laughs> that's how we like reel them in. And then we're like, oh, you know, it's also cool. Happiness. Yeah. Inner, happy, inner yeah, peace. <laughs> Well-being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no people care about that too i swear um <laughs> anthony you'll come back too i'll find i'll find a reason you have a lot of smart things so you're and you're fun you're funny so well you'll you'll be back you don't need to make me feel better darling you're, you're welcome <laughs>
I have a therapy point tomorrow. I'll figure it out then. You're like, I'll be talking about this exact moment. <laughs> yeah, and it's recorded. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to send this to your therapist? It's <laughs> just a <speed> process. <laughs> Can't wait. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. It's going to be really good. I have a feeling. This is one of my favorite ones. I feel like I've just been laughing this whole time, but it was actually helpful. So I feel like it's a good balance. 